0: Yahweh, the opportunity to again be in your word, sharing your truth and knowledge and wisdom with anyone that would hear these messages, Father, but not just hear the words, listen to what is given and seek your face. You will be found. You shall be found to any that seek. You do not hide from us, Father. Thank you for this chance to be about your business and to share with others. To do what you have me to do. So, before we get into the meat, I'm going to... uh, This has been, this is what was being shared at Bible study last night, Um, and what ultimately the Holy Spirit roused me with this morning and and brought me to share, and that um, this is a very, to me, it's a very potent song and it's very scriptural um, you really need to listen to the lyrics that I share with you, not just hearing the words, but listen to what's being said, because this is a promise of God. This is his faithfulness to us. And it's true. and We can find it. In, and David writes about this in the book of Psalms. <clears throat> and this is by the young, young lady, uh, Lauren Daigle. It's called Rescue. And you have to understand that that some of what this is very much like in the Bible. uh, Similitude and metaphor. So you are not hidden. There's never been a moment you were forgotten. You are not hopeless. Though you have been broken, your innocence stolen. I hear your whisper. Underneath your breath, I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you. And I will interject at that point that that is my God, the God that I know, faithful and true. There's no distance that cannot be covered. Over and over again. You're not defenseless. I'll be your shelter. I'll be your armor. David reminds us of this in the scriptures that he wrote. In the poems and the songs that he writes. This is this is the God that I know. He is our strong tower. He is our buckler. Remember I've shared that with you. He's that shield that just moves around. He's, and he's there. And that breastplate of righteousness that... He made for us that armor that he made for us. I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. I will never stop marching to reach you in the middle of the hardest fight. It's true. I will rescue you. I hear the whisper underneath your breath. I hear you whisper, you have nothing left. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. I will never stop marching to reach you in the middle of the hardest fight. It's true. I will rescue you. I will rescue you. What does Christ Jesus remind us in his teaching? As the good shepherd, he will leave the 99 on the hill and come down to find that one wayward sheep. Might not like that analogy, but we are, or the metaphor that he uses, we are the sheep. That's what we are. The point of what I'm sharing today, though, is that Again, are you listening or have you just stopped? There are many that just turn it off. And oftentimes we hear the phrase despite of or incorrectly in in spite of. So correctly phrased, it would be in spite of, it separated two different words. And what that means is not to be deterred or held back, no matter what. But the literal translation for despite, or in in spite, if you run it together in one word, it means having contempt for whatever the stumbling block or the holding back might be you have you you have such contempt for that so the question that i have and some people share it this way and i've heard them share it this way So why would you be contemptuous of the Lord God Almighty who does nothing but provide love, care, shelter, and give such great blessings? Why would you have such pride? But we see that demonstration of that when um, the nation came out of Egypt They complained about being in bondage. They complained about this. They complained about that. And then when Moses went into Egypt, he had to go through all... all those trials and tests that God sent him and knew would happen because Pharaoh's heart was hard. And they cried out for God. So God sent Moses. Moses came in and was doing what he was told to do. And then finally Pharaoh said, okay, we're out of here. When the angel of death came cruising through Egypt and took those that did not mark their mantle on their house, the firstborn of everything in that house was taken. Pharaoh's son was taken. That was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. He said, okay, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Get out. I don't like you. So the Jews were kicked out of Egypt. The nation of Israel was kicked out. And they left. But then it didn't take long and they started complaining about no water and no food, and they were turned their back on God. They're shaking their fists at God. They're actually, it says in the, in the scriptures that there were times where they would shake their fists at God, and they had, oh, my goodness gracious. Never satisfied, never happy. Gripe, 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 gripe. gripe. Fetus. He feeds him. Gripe, 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 gripe. We're thirsty. He gives him water. Gripe, 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 gripe. Shaking your fists, and that was definitely in spite. They were being spiteful to God. No matter what God did, no matter all His protection. This is why um, later we find that Joshua, Moses actually told Joshua, and Joshua followed through this when they were getting ready to cross the river Jordan. And he told all the leaders of the tribes. He said, "You, each one of you, each one of you. You're you're the elder of the tribe. You're the the tribal chieftain. You pick up a stone from the river, and you bring it up and put it in this place by where we're staying." He didn't have him get a flunky. He said, "You do it." So each one of those leaders did what he was told to do. And they took the stone, and it was an altar of remembrance that they built representing each of the 12 tribes. And Joshua told the people, he said, you look back and remember all the times that God supplied you, God fed you, God watered you, and God protected you. You remember all of that. And that's what this is for. It is it's our altar of remembrance. And that you will teach your children when they ask, when they come near and they find this and they ask, you tell them what it's for. You be truthful and you be honest and you tell them it's our altar of remembrance that we look back and see all the times that God is and was with us. But we have a tendency today, we look back and Regret, remorse, oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda, and all these things. And yet, so often we refuse to listen to God. Or if you go through certain things and God is with you and provides you with it, gets you through and shows you to do, and then you have another trial come up and God is there and shows you and gets you through and carries on. You come up to something else, and then you want to shoo God away. I got this. It's the same thing, God. It's it's the same old thing. I got it. I have control. Oh no, you don't. That is when you err. So do you stop listening because you think that you have it under control? It's a marvelous thing that God is our loving heavenly father. And then there's the question is just how patient is God? Despite all we do to one another, the despicable way we allow the governments to behave, the heinous way we allow our children to be treated, and the deplorable way that we treat animals. And then there's those that will actually argue that God put us over them so we can do what and how we want. We're in charge. Well, that's not exactly what God said. And were you not listening and paying attention when God said that we will have dominion? Yes. But cruelty? Absolutely not. See, people twist and manipulate the word of God and the directions that he gives. Oh, that means I'm in charge. And I can do whatever we want. I can do whatever I want. I can treat them however I want. I'm going to drop kick this dog clear across the boulevard. I'm going to chase them out into moving traffic. I'm just going to abandon them and leave them. I'm not going to. Why should I pay for anything dealing with that? It's just a dog. It's just a cat. It's just, it's just, it's just. Wait a second. Let's change slippers here. Slide these shoes on. How about if God said that about you? Ah, that's just one of my other parts of my creation. I'll just treat them how I want to. They don't deserve this or that. They're they're less than these other ones. These other ones they pay attention and listen. So this this one I'm yeah I'm just gonna drop kick them across the living room which happens to be my planet because I created it. And that's my living space. I'm just going to drop kick them around the world. Might sound facetious, but pay attention to what I'm saying because God didn't do that. And here's here's the thing that I've shared this some time back. That out of all of God's creation, all of God's creation, that Homo sapiens, that would be us, this part of the animal kingdom, which yes, biology 101 that I learned in and uh, started learning about in fifth grade, but in sixth grade, we are part of the animal kingdom, which means that we are, as far as man and biologist is concerned, we are in the food chain. So when we get foolish and silly and we get to be someplace that we should not be and we get eaten by something and then cry about it and want that creature destroyed it's rogue. We want it destroyed. Wow. But we are the only creation that God placed here that, that may grow into cruelty. Doesn't mean that we are all cruel. We are all nasty, but we may grow into that. And cruelty, what does that mean? That means just despicable behavior. And some of these things I read here, that we will just do whatever, however, and whenever we want and it doesn't matter what or how others are affected. It's all about me, 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 me. I want, it's mine, me, 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 me. And we treat children horrifically. We treat others the same. And then animals, we will just beat them and leave them starving and injured and sometimes hurt them ourselves. And just leave them. But despite all of that, we can still go to God at any time. David writes about this, and we find this in Psalm 9, 9 and 10. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, Has not forsaken them that seek thee. What do I what do I share with you? Just about every time. Is it go to his word, which is the Bible, which I share with you anyway, and I give these to you and tell you to go and seek his face. Go and look for him, go and find him. He will be found. He doesn't hide. He doesn't hide from us. In Psalm 4, 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. He gives us that peaceful resting place. And he shares that with us. He will keep us safe. When he leaves the other 99 in the mountaintop and he comes down to find that one wayward sheep, If you're the wayward sheep, they'll come for you. Just like I shared the lyrics with you from Ms. Nagel. I love her singing. I love her song. And I love the word. And it comes right from the Bible. It does. He will come and find you no matter what, no matter where. He will. Christ reminds us of that in his teaching. But David writes and sings about this in his poems. But the thing that we have to pay attention to is not to give up listening and not to think that because some testing seems familiar and similar to the other, so then you're going to figure that God's going to do it this way so you got it under control. No, it doesn't work that way. Keep listening and pay attention for his guidance. We can find examples of this when we go back and we read about Joseph when his brothers took him and they buried him in a hole. They took his coat of many colors that his their father made for him and they were very jealous of Joseph because it seemed that their father had favored him and so they were jealous. Joseph was also a dreamer, but the dreams were sent of God. They just it just wasn't an idle and daydreaming. These visions that were given to him were given of God. And it angered his brothers, and they didn't want to hear it. They thought that he is just boasting and that he was better than that's not what David Joseph was doing Joseph was trying to share with them so they buried him, they tore up his coat, they put lamb's blood on it so from the animal that they were eating they took the blood and they put it on his coat and they told their father that a lion had killed him but then they decided hey We're going to take this guy that we don't like and we're going to disown him and we're going to sell him. Let's sell him to those traders. So they sold him into bondage and they were heading to Egypt. And if you've read the scripture, you know the rest of the story, but I'm going to share with you. Um, Joseph went and Joseph was given interpretation of many dreams. And the Pharaoh had desired to know things. And because God was honoring Joseph and had his hand on Joseph and was all the things that were going on, the jailer liked Joseph and had heard conversation that he was having and knew that he could interpret dreams. So he got a message to Pharaoh took Joseph out of the prison, brought him up to interpret, and then was given, uh, was allowed to stay with one of the council for the Pharaoh. And then the council decided that Joseph was a handsome young man and she had put her web out and tried to take him, tried to seduce him. And he refused her. It was another test. Joseph stayed strong and he refused. Well, she lied. Joseph was thrown back in prison. But then it was found out that she lied. Joseph was released. And Joseph was put back in an elevated position and ultimately became in charge of the entire nation of Egypt second only to Pharaoh himself. And Pharaoh made that decree, said he will have sway over everything. He answers only to me and you will answer to him. And then of course, you know that the story when his brother showed up and came in and how he kind of hid himself from them for a time because he spoke Egyptian and they didn't recognize him because of all the finery and everything he had done and and uh, was looking like an Egyptian. That was their brother. And he set it up. And then once revealed, he brought all the people. They came in and they were living in the land of Goshen, which was a fruitful place where they could grow and keep their animals and they could... Of harvest, and there's water. And then that pharaoh died, and the pharaoh that came after decided to listen to his counsel, and they put the nation of Israel into bondage, bondage bondage slavery. Chained, weighted chains. They made him do all the heavy labor, and they were starving them to death because they feared them, because they had grown so fast and so rapidly, but the counsel that was given to the new Pharaoh was not good. But what a promise that God made to us that he is our refuge, he's our shelter, and in the time of trouble that he is there for us. And we have to understand and remember that Christ Jesus told us that these troubles, tests, and trials will come. It's part of life in this fallen, broken world that we live in. And the scripture tells us that. And why is that? Because we have chosen to go the direction away from God. And we have made these things take place. And then there are those who will say, well, God this and God that. Look what God did. Look what God. No, no, no. They're looking for a place to, to put blame Better be looking in the mirror because that's where it belongs. We have done this thing. And then you have, uh, I, I share that because we have many people that tried to say, oh, well, they got elected and they're in charge now. And they're this, oh, wait a minute. Have you forgotten other people, by the people and for the people? Elected officials are supposed to be our employees, but we have given that over to them and allowed them to do whatever and however they they want. And it's pretty despicable actually. So, are we choosing to follow God's precepts and the tenets and those things that are established by him in his word, in his truth, to obey and follow him? Or are we just not listening? We just stop listening. Or are you listening? And if you're listening, follow Troubles and trials are gonna be part of our life and that we're, that this world that we're in is fallen and broken. And we are a part of that. It's hard for us to try to figure that out with our finite minds, but the things that are on, but but even as overwhelming as it seems, but if you believe in God, and even sometimes those that do forget that he is a source of our help. And David says, look to the hills from once your help cometh. And I shared that with you when Elisha had his young protege they were, they were in the city, surrounded by armies, because armies had been hired to come out and get them. And the young protege was fearful. And the prophet prayed and asked that God allow him to see what the prophet sees. This young man was learning and and following him and God allowed that. And he allowed this young man to see onto the spiritual plane of existence that is around all of us all the time. But because God loves us, because God cares for us and God is protecting us, he does not allow us to see that. But it's there. might be hard for some of you to understand, but it is there. It's on the spiritual plane of existence. And it can be pretty scary. So for that reason, let me share this with you about that, is that it could be so scary that even the young and strong of heart may faint and die away because it is so frightening. I've been around some pretty horrific stuff. But God saw me through. God sheltered me. God protected me. He does that to us now. So this young man looked out over the edge of the Balcony, veranda, whatever. He stepped out and he looked around. And around all the armies that had surrounded the city was another army, even more immense. But they appeared that they were all on fire. He saw chariots, he saw horses, and he saw those that were riding. They were all aflame, but not consumed. The heavenly fire was on Everything because they come from heaven. And they were there. And as the prophet told me, he said, you know, got to look up to the hill for once your help cometh because it's there and God will send it. And this is what we need to do, that we need to quit shutting off God speaking to us. Are you listening or did you just stop? Remember, it's a free will choice. God gives us a free will choice in how and what we do. So do you choose to be kind, compassionate, loving, caring, and show out what God puts within? Are you choosing to show out that you are of Christ and from Christ? Or do you choose to be just some other despicable, nasty, vicious person that doesn't care about anything or anybody and you follow that which is untrue. So in all the things that were brought against Joseph, he held on to his faith in God and he was made strong and set above all of Egypt, save Pharaoh himself. Now, we have another biblical story, truth, about Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which are their Hebrew names, which were, as I've shared this with uh, with you all before, whether you heard it then or you're just joining now, it makes no difference because I'm going to share it. Um, so Daniel... Hananiah, Mishael, and Ansariah are their Hebrew names. And when they were taken in, there was a there was a song that when we were kids, um, it was uh, called, uh, singing about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego that were thrown into the furnace. Well, I I have somewhat to say about that because that was the names, those were the names that were given to them by the Babylonian captors And those names are actually names of Babylonian deities that were given to them. And if you read through the scripture and you read through all of Daniel and you pay attention to what's being written, when they were addressed with those names, they didn't answer. They didn't respond because that's not who they were. They were taken into captivity and they remained in captivity. The nation of Israel remained in captivity for 70 years. Three score and 10. Seven zero years. But in all the things that came against them, they held strong to their faith and belief in Lord God Almighty. They held firm to that. So before we jump over to the book of Daniel, and I share in those scriptures there, one last thing that I'm going to share with you that comes out of um, Psalm. And this is specifically about God. Psalm 9 and 10, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. If you say you love God, then look for him. And if you go to his word, and you seek, diligently seek, he will be found. So, back to Daniel, Hannah and I, Michelle, and Ezra. So when I was a youngster, the, uh, the song was uh, penned, and I'm not sure who did this, it was supposed to be a Christian person, and that's okay, but they may very well have been, but they didn't research very well, and didn't find out that, um, truth be told is that, those names that were given to them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were Babylonian false deities. And they refused to respond when people called them by those names. Didn't sit well with the Babylonians and those that were their counsel to the emperor, the king, and, but that's okay because they also had favor. Why? Because God was with them and they said, and we can find this when, we can find this actually in uh, Daniel 1, 12 through 17 shares when Daniel to the head of the household kind of challenged them because they were trying to get Daniel and and the other three they were trying to get them to eat what was provided by the king and that they it had been set before the altar of their false gods first and that he wanted them to eat it and be part of be part of the in crowd but Daniel and Hananiah Mishael and Azariah were having no part of that so Daniel took them and said, uh, here's what we're going to do. To prove us, to prove our, our worth and our, he said, you give us 10 days. You just let us eat what we normally do and water to drink. And then you see what we look like after 10 10 days. And then you just, you'll see. So that was acceptable and did. And at the end of 10 days, he came and he checked on them. They appeared fairer, fatter in flesh, meaning healthy and, and robust, than all of those that were eating all that stuff that came from the false Gods and was set on their altar first, they look kind of sickly and rather anemic. And as it says in 17, as for these four children of God, gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams because they sought God. Continually, constantly, always. And did not give up. In Daniel 2. 21 and 22. This is what Daniel says about God. Actually, I'm going to... up to 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things he knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. Verse twenty three, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and that has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. And this is because the king was having some trouble and needed things revealed, and he knew that Daniel was the guy. He knew that Daniel was the one. And in Daniel 6, 3, this was Darius, who was the who was then in charge because you know that Nebuchadnezzar was dead and one of the visions that was given of Daniel was the uh, separation of the kingdom and Darius was a Median they had the Persians and they had the Medes and and all these things. And remember that Daniel had seen when the writing on the wall came, they were having the dinner party and the writing on the wall came and and uh, Daniel was able to interpret. Nobody, Nobody else could do it. No one could get what was being said, but they were all busy praising all the things that were there that were false deities because they were... enamored of gold and silver and brass and all that stuff. But Daniel was reverent to God. And all of his ways are known. And when the writing was, it was the finger. Remember there was the hand came out if you haven't read this scripture, there was a hand that came and wrote in the plaster of the wall. The finger was out and using it like a pen. Many, many, nektekles a person. Didn't understand, nobody could interpret it. Nobody could figure out what this meant. And the writing that was written was, Mene, Mene, tekel a person. And Daniel interpreted to the king, Mene. God had numbered thy kingdom and finished it. So he was telling him, your kingdom's come, your kingdom is done. God numbered it and he told him twice that it was coming in. Take out thou art weighed in the balance and art found wanting. Pers, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. The kingdom will be separated. And then Baltheshazzar, who is still king then. They put a robe of scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation that Daniel would be the third ruler in the kingdom. And that night, the king of the Chaldeans was killed. He was assassinated. Darius, who was a Mede, took the kingdom. And now he was the emperor, not Balthasar. And he was, as the scripture says, three score and 62 years old, which means that he was 62 years old when he took over. But his henchmen, they killed Balthasar so that he would be the boss man. And Darius put old... A whole bunch of princes in charge of princes being like um governors, mayors, and over them he put three in charge of all of them that they had to answer those three, and those three answered to the king and over those three, Daniel was first. And they had to give account to the three, and that they had to give account to Daniel, and Daniel would then report back to the king. And if we find in sixth verse three, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and. The king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, this is where we find out about the lion's den because they didn't like Daniel. They were jealous. So they set up a way and they kind of got the king to sign over this proclamation. And then they went and they told on Daniel. And they took Daniel and they threw him in the lion's den. And this is what Daniel has to say about that. Chapter 6 and 22. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths. that They have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no matter of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. Further, this is what the king decided to do. And the king commanded that they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them and their family. Everybody went in, the whole bit, and the lions had mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces. Even they came at the bottom of the dead. So, what they were saying to to understand and have clarity in this, they had accused Daniel. They got the king to uh, sign a proclamation. They they tricked the king actually is what they did because he liked he liked Daniel. He knew that Daniel was. Was an honorable man and truthful man, and they were liars and deceivers. And that's what they did. They came to the king and they lied. And they falsely accused Daniel, and so they had him sign a proclamation. And then they went and they told on Daniel so that he was caught. Well, they said, Oh King, you signed it. You gotta do it. So then when Daniel was taken out of the lion's and and he had he was really he couldn't sleep. Because he he felt for Daniel, he liked Daniel, he wanted Daniel to be safe, and he went down in the middle of the night and he called to Daniel, and Daniel responded and said, "I'm fine, I'm okay." So the king went back to his bedchamber, but he still couldn't sleep. he it it hurt him because he knew that he knew that he realized he had an inkling, but there was nothing he could do because the proclamation was signed, and he put his seal to it. But when they took Daniel out and then they accused further that someone had snuck in and fed the lions. And that just made the king even angrier. So they pulled Daniel up and found that no harm was on him. And then the king ordered that they be tossed in. So they took their whole household for all these liars and cheaters and deceivers that had, had put got themselves elevated to a, a position by lies and deceit they took their whole family, everything. They went in the lion's den. No sooner had they hit the bottom of the lion's den than the lions came and went, it says, and they had mastery over them as soon as they had touched ground. That means they got eaten. The lions ate them. So the angel of the Lord simply shut the, the mouths of the lions and put them to sleep. And Daniel napped with big old cats. They didn't bother him. They just went to sleep. Daniel was fine. But that wasn't the end of trial for Daniel. That was just a lion's den. Daniel still had to, he still was doing the visions. And Daniel still found favor, but there was um, there was a situation, and and throughout the book of Daniel, we can find, <clears throat> and this is one of those things that I ask you, because in their captivity in the kingdom of Babylon, that. Those that were captive, and this was the entire, the whole nation. They were 70 years in bondage. They disobeyed. They weren't following the precepts of God. They were honoring the false deities, the false gods. They were sacrificing to them. And Daniel shares this in Starting verse 8. Well, actually, I'm going to go back to 7. God was praying and, or Daniel was praying to God and these things came to him. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces is at this day to the men of Judah, unto the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries Whether thou hast driven them because of their trespass, they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belong confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against them. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets." he further explains that the entire nation has transgressed the law, similar to when they came out of Egypt, they shook their fists at heaven, complained about not having food, or water, and all these things, and yet they complained about being in chains and, and bonded slavery. They complained about being taken out of Egypt and then complained that they should have stayed in Egypt because at least they had food and water. Didn't matter that they were dying by the by the bucket loads, And it didn't matter that they were worshiping gods that they could see. This is one of the complaints that they had. They couldn't see God. They couldn't see Yahweh. But they could see the gods that were in Egypt. So when Moses was on Mount Hebron with God and spent too long up there, they came and they whined and cried to Aaron. And Aaron was a craftsman and a, a metalsmith. And so he cast a golden calf. They started worshiping this golden idol and bringing sacrifice and everything. So when Moses came down, he was, uh, let us just say, he was not pleased. And God was not pleased. So in some of these other issues that were going on with Daniel... that in another split that now Cyrus was the king of Persia and it was given unto him. So Daniel was Given to interpret dreams. Remember, this was that Daniel saw the vision and nobody could interpret it, Daniel. But Daniel was not sure and he didn't know. And he was praying to God and praying to God and praying to God and praying to God. And, to God. and it says that about three weeks. That he was in mourning and he was fasting and had done so for three full weeks because he had not had an answer or heard an answer from God and then Gabriel shows up Gabriel comes in and touches Daniel and we can take this up we will find that in in Daniel 10. He's describing Gabriel. Nobody else saw him, but Daniel saw him. And we can pick this up in in, uh, 10 verse seven. And Daniel alone saw the vision for the men that were with him saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, And they fled to hide themselves. So Daniel was left alone with the angel of the Lord. And he reached out and he touched him. And Daniel fell down. He fell down on his knees and his hands. And he couldn't even lift up his eyes to look at Gabriel. And verse 11, we pick up, and he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand up, stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And then, of course, Daniel was wondering why it had taken so long. And when Gabriel was come, he says that the prince of Persia, which is a, uh, which is a demonic entity that uh, works for Satan. And he and Gabriel were wrestling. Michael had to come to help Gabriel. And it shows sure that right here. Then he said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, the first day, that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. So for 21 days, he was wrestling and fighting with this. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes came came to help me and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days for yet the vision is for many days. So God was sending an answer, but here's how we get. We question, we wonder, why didn't you, why didn't you, want? to didn't you? But we have to know and understand that God doesn't function on our timeline. God created everything. God created time. Go back to Genesis 1. Remember when he separated day and night? And he called it good. And then he set the moon and all the stars and everything that would be over the nighttime. And then he created the day. So they were separated. Hello, that's about time. God created time. And yet we try to get God to be according to our timeline that we want answers and they want it. And we want it according to our watch. God's watch doesn't run on our time. Runs on heaven time. But here's what Gabriel told Daniel in verse 19, chapter 10. And Daniel shares... Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. So again, I ask the question, are you listening or did you just stop? So understand too that God is all powerful and we need to believe and understand and have faith that nothing is too hard for him. He is our good, good Heavenly Father. He is indeed merciful. And He will be your buckler. All you have to do is call. And He will keep His promise. Brothers and sisters, you're in my prayers for my going out, my coming in. Be blessed.